Hello, my name is Taylor Linderman, and I'm going to be talking about a problem that affects you more than you think. This being the negative impact food waste and agric the agriculture industry have on the environment. I'm just going to start and put it in perspective with a few questions relating to a certain holiday that just passed, that being Thanksgiving. So when you finished up dinner, what happened to all the leftovers? Did you throw away your half-eaten plate in the garbage, or did you box up what was left for lunch tomorrow? If you said yes to the first question, you may be feeling a little guilty, and that is with good reason. The USDA estimates that American consumers collectively throw away 35% or 204 million pounds of edible turkey meat each year from their Thanksgivings alone. And that's not all. Americans throw away an additional 150 million pounds of potatoes, green beans, and other vegetable sides, and more than 14 million pounds of dinner rolls on top of that. All of this waste means that per, per, per person, 225 gallons of water is wasted, according to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. But is that all the consumer's fault, you may ask? Not necessarily. Although households contribute to all of, that, all of all wasted Thanksgiving food, grocery stores influence what shoppers buy and indirectly contribute to over-purchasing. Ah. Oh. When stores encourage shoppers to overpurchase, it is usually because they themselves are the ones who have overpurchased in the first place. All, but all this does is shift the blame of the food waste from the store to the consumer. A way that this can be avoided is by not advertising large portions that encourage overpurchasing and building savings in per item cost rather than bulk purchasing. Now this all being said, just because a plate or two is getting tossed in the garbage isn't the end of the world. However, this doesn't mean that you should never put away leftovers and just toss everything in. Blah! It's still a part of the problem, however small. Regardless of if consumers are at fault or not, major or major grocery stores, they are both a very small part of the problem. The ones truly at the root of the problem are the manufacturers and the farms themselves. Both farmers and manufacturers subject produce to strict regulations regarding size and color. The, pro the problem with this is that usually these regulations are purely cosmetic. Although food waste occurs every step of the way, with stores tossing blemished produce left and right and consumers over-purchasing, the main problems occur at the farms where any produce that's off-color, blemished, or misshapen is tossed. In manufacturing, any misshapen things are th get thrown out because they can't fit in packaging, and transport any food improperly packaged or stored wrong is wasted. This can range from inadequate temperatures to long trips to ripped packages to mishandled produce getting bruised. But why are the farmers so strict? It's actually not their choice. Farmers know what is good and bad and wouldn't do all of the, wouldn't do all of this cosmetic uh, filtering on their own. And they don't. Most of these standards are in reaction to the demands and regulations put in place by the retailers. Ways that this can be reduced is by improving the demand of imperfect produce. When this happens, retailers won't have to have such strict standards for produce because the only reason they do that in the first place is in hope that consumers will like, are more likely to buy them. According to the World Wildlife Federation, Agriculture sucks the nutrients out of the soil, which can lead to soil erosion, and according to the World Wildlife Fund, this can lead to polluted waterways, increased flooding. Gallons of water go into growing produce, but in fact, beef production uses the most water. In fact, it takes 441 gallons of water to produce just one pound of beef. 
Most of this water goes into growing the feed for the cows, and on top of that, beef production is one of the leading one of the leading producers of greenhouse gases, and according to World Wildlife Fund, it accounts for up to 10% of all global methane emissions. Agriculture in total used 80% of the nation's consumptive water. According to the World Wildlife Federation, the best way to improve the waste caused by inefficient farming practices is with improved management techniques and practices and higher environmental, environmental awareness. According to the United States Department of Agriculture, we specifically need to focus on investing in efficient irrigation systems and improving water management practices in order to reduce the amount of water that's being used. This will also help maintain farmer profit maintain farm profitability. But food waste on a farm is always inevitable, but there are alternatives to simply tossing it. For example, by comp composting produce, some of the nutrients that were previously sucked out can go back into the ground. Additionally, imperfect produce can go to animal feed. And in fact, oh, whoops. Additionally, imperfect produce can go to animal feed. In recent years, biofuel is being developed, and in fact, 1.7% of food waste already is going into biofuel. However, one of its largest drawbacks is the amount of environmental impact producing the bio component takes. However, when it's produced, when it's produced with blemished produce that was already going to be going to waste anyways, that number is significantly reduced. It's not farms that can, it's not just farms that can make changes to improve the amount of food waste they produce. Grocery stores can donate donate unsold, unsold food to food banks. Blemished produce can go back to farms for use as animal feed, and the rest can always be composted. Additionally, restaurants can donate their leftover food to food banks as well and compost food scraps. However, this can be difficult sometimes as there are usually regulations in the way that make donation a little difficult. The way that restaurants can get around this according to the Food Waste Alliance, is by working with state and federal policy makers to make food donation easier and work with partners to overcome transportation and food storage limitations. Although consumers aren't as, large of a, aren't as large of a problem, we too can make a difference. Small changes in your day-to-day -day habits can make all the difference. Before grocery shopping, make sure to check the, the fridge before, so you don't accidentally buy too much or something that you don't need. Check your food expiration dates every so often so you can try and eat them before they go bad. Try to limit how often you go out to eat as much as possible, and when you do, be sure to put away your leftovers and don't forget about them. By doing these simple things, you are able to reduce your individual impact on the environment. Additionally, you can make your impact even less by getting the word out. Inform your friends of what is happening. And don't just buy, and for example, don't buy from irresponsible farmers with unsustainable growing practices. Meat is one of the largest producers of methane, largest consumers of water. So by trying to reduce the amount of meat you eat, you are reducing the demand for meat and therefore the production of all of these negative impacts on the environment. However, it is not necessary to be a vegan or a vegetarian, as, as long as you simply reduce the amount of meat you eat, you are making a difference. And when you do buy meat, 
make sure to eat all of it and don't waste any of it. Now, why do we even need to limit food waste? Well, let's say it this way. When food goes to a landfill, it sits and produces methane, which is a incredibly bad greenhouse gas. <laughs> now, you now be, be wondering how food in a landfill is any different than the compost. However, when food is being composted, it produces a very different gas, which is CO2, which is which is significantly less harmful than methane. Now, the reason that CO2 is made instead of methane when it's composted is because of aeration. In a landfill, it simply sits and stagnates without any air flow. Um, but in a compost, it's regularly turned and moved around, along with other organisms there to break it down. Without aeration, it simply becomes methane, but with, but with aeration, it just becomes CO2. Um, according to the Climate Central, if food waste by itself was represented as its own country, it would be the third largest greenhouse gas emitter. But that's just what's produced when it's decomposed. That's not even including the amount of gases released during its production. Globally, the effect of processing the food that was wasted is equal to 3.3 billion tons of CO2. And on top of that, all of the environmental harm caused by growing it is for nothing as well. But the question remains, what exactly does this mean for the environment? Well, just regarding what CO2 does, CO2 is a gas which tra can trap heat. CO2 in moderation is okay. Without it, the earth would be very cold. However, when there is too much CO2, it traps any escaping heat and causes it to, pa to pass back to the surface instead of being released back into space. This is called the greenhouse effect. When there are too many greenhouse gases, such as CO2 and methane, it leads to global warming and climate change. If farms don't start improving irrigation systems and water management practices, and retailers don't start don't stop such subjecting produce to such strict regulations, and consumers don't stop over purchasing, global warming and climate change will become a very real problem in the future.